0: Welcome to the Whiskey Lemon Podcast. I am Lana Mercedes, and today we are going to be talking about communicating effectively. I'm going to start off with diving into ways that we can effectively communicate when it comes to conflict, and then we will end with just communication in general. So, there are three main points that I want to dive into, and the first one is picking your battle. We all have our own struggles, and what we must realize is that some are not all that we make them out to be. It's human nature for many of us to create stress upon ourselves by simply worrying about how a situation could or could not play out. We tend to take things out on those who we care about most and create anxiety within ourselves over the things that mean the most to us. Now, of course, as motivated individuals, we have this need to tackle all of our obstacles. Rightfully so, however, when we are faced with several issues at once, we haven't the slightest idea how to handle each one individually. We want to address all of our problems simultaneously. This is not healthy. Imagine your life as a smoothie and a blender. If you slowly throw in one item at a time, you can actually produce something great with no mess. However, if you start tossing in several items at once, you have a recipe for disaster. All the while, you are cluttering your life, and when you finally take a break and remove the lid, your smoothie spills out all over the place. It is normal to not want to have several stressors at once, but the proper way to deal with those stressors is to address them one by one. To figure out the root of the issue and why it really is causing you stress, here is another example. You are stuck in traffic on the way to work. You find yourself easily irritated by everyone on the road because you're almost late. Here is when you have to learn to pick your battle. The problem may be as simple as pressuring ourselves for time. We can easily blame the drivers around us, but that simply isn't the battle. A good solution could be to leave the house earlier. Account for your time and traffic a little bit better instead of getting frustrated with other drivers. You just got into a huge argument with a relative, friend, or significant other. If we stop and observe the situation as an outsider or the other party as much as possible, we may see that there is a deeper-rooted issue and that this argument may have not needed to be as big a battle as we made it out to be. Consciously analyzing your battles before fighting them can and will make for a more constructive and fruitful life. The second topic is listening. If you have been listening to my solo episodes, then you know that I am always preaching on how important it is to live in the moment. That, along with eliminating distractions, are key elements to listening. Meeting with someone and keeping your face buried in your phone is a waste of your time and theirs. When you listen, you convey that you believe that both the speaker and their words hold value. Another important part of listening is gaining clarification. Do not be quick to interrupt or ask for additional details before the speaker has a chance to finish. It is very possible that those details are coming. In addition, be perceptive. Do not assume that you know what the other person is thinking or feeling. Listening to understand and not just to respond is key. It is also important that you occasionally repeat what you heard someone say, not only to reassure yourself that you understand, but to show the speaker that you were actually listening. A great tip is speak in a gentle tone. Studies have shown that during an emotionally intense conversation, raising your voice causes the listener to become detached and hear less of what you're saying. We develop patience and display passion when we can thoroughly listen to others and understand their perspective on things. There's a quote by Stephen Covey, listen with the intent to understand, not the intent to reply. The next area I want to discuss is admitting mistakes. Whether it was intentional or not, how could you have handled things differently? If you have the chance, discuss that with the party affected by your mistake. Explain how you will do things differently in the future, how you will be more conscious of your decisions and how they affect those around you. For those that have this misconception that admitting mistakes makes you look weak and incapable, not true. Lower your ego and don't be so prideful. Admitting mistakes actually displays strength. A good leader admits their mistakes. We have to be willing to see where we could have fallen short and then be open to change. By doing this, we have more of an opportunity for forgiveness, turnaround, and connection. It is very important to see things from someone else's perspective. If you happen to make a promise and fail to keep it, be sympathetic. Realize the effect your actions may have on others and put yourself in the other person's shoes and think about how you would feel, what your response would be, and what action would make you more open to forgive. It is very possible that your mistake was simply just that, a mistake. It was an accident, and you know that your actions were not intentional. That still goes without saying that you made a mistake. Let the party or parties that were affected know how you feel. Apologize and make a conscious decision to try and not repeat the mistake. Yes, apologize. Many people go to great lengths to cover their mistakes, make excuses, and just flat out lie about it ever happening. According to Inc.com, the wrong ways to apologize are these. Blaming. Blaming them for your behavior or reaction to something when you are in control of your actions. Justifying. When you defend your behavior or claim that different rules apply to you, you just make yourself look worse and are invalidating any apology. Minimizing. When you downplay your actions, you are saying that the effects of your behavior are insignificant to you and it makes you appear manipulative. Excusing. This is another way you are invalidating your apology. There may be a time for you to expound on your actions, but during an apology is simply not one of them. Inc.com goes on to explain the right way to apologize. Acknowledging. Be the first to admit that you did something wrong without getting called out for it. It builds trust and can open the conversation for shared acceptable standards. Accepting. When you accept responsibility, you restore dignity to the person you hurt. The example they give is, I know I hurt your feelings yesterday when I snapped at you. I'm sure it embarrassed you, especially since everyone else on the team was there. I was wrong to treat you like that, and I apologize. Expressing. You are acknowledging the effects of your actions while also expressing that you hope they can forgive you. This strengthens your own self-confidence, self-respect, reputation, and your character. Lastly, amend. Apologizing the right way, not for how they received your behavior, but for your behavior in the first place. Whether it was intentional or not, taking accountability is the only path toward true reconciliation between you and the person you hurt as well as you and your conscience. Consequently, this will help you to deepen those relationships and will also help those that you have affected have more respect for you. Make sure that you are also prepared to accept consequences and even allow the other party to help you analyze the situation if they are willing to. According to Forbes, if you want to be genuinely successful in both business and life, we have to be willing to set aside our pride, our fears, and our insecurities. The journey toward earning respect begins the moment we recognize our mistakes and have the integrity and fortitude to utter the words, I was wrong and I am sorry. And lastly, I wanna talk about communicating effectively. This goes for all communication, whether you are in conflict or not. Why is communication so important? One major reason is that it clears up a lot of confusion. Sometimes we assume someone feels a certain way without gaining clarification first. This often happens when we communicate via text or email even a phone call is not the best way to have a serious conversation. Yes, it may be more convenient, but it is not the most effective. Obviously, we have to adapt when we live far apart and are also in the middle of a pandemic, but try things like FaceTime or Zoom if necessary. In addition, I have prepared eight ways to enhance communication. Some of these may overlap with the right and wrong ways to apologize, but these are steps that you should use in all regard, even when there is no concrete conflict. Number one, avoid distraction. Keep from being distracted by your phone, background noise, and surrounding actions and conversations. Number two, body language. First, make eye contact. Agreeing to have a conversation with someone and then keeping your arms crossed or your face in your phone not only shows the person disrespect, but shows that you really have no interest in discussing the topic at hand. Resist looking away for long periods of time, putting your hands in your pockets, crossing your arms, and especially rolling your eyes or yawning. Number three, accept fault. If the topic at hand is rooted from an issue that you may have caused, it is not only important but honorable to begin by acknowledging your mistakes and providing a genuine apology. There are times where you may feel you have nothing to be sorry for. However, if your goal is to actually communicate and work through an issue, you must accept fault when you believe that it is your own. Number four, avoid blaming. Although you would also like to hear the other person accept fault when it is due, avoid blaming. This point is only effective when one can accept fault on their own and not because someone else is blaming them or because someone else has not accepted fault. Direct blame not only makes someone feel attacked, but also causes them to become defensive. Do not assume that you know what is being mentioned if you are even the slightest bit unsure. Try repeating some of what the other person has said in your response To show that you are listening as well as comprehending. Number five, gain clarity. When you are confused about a specific statement or topic that someone is discussing, ask for clarity. And I want to tie in avoiding blame and gaining clarity for a second. So if you're hearing someone say something and you're not quite understanding, you can say things like, sorry, I don't understand versus what you said makes no sense. Number six, provide clarity. Be very detailed in your communication. If you think your delivery is somewhat confusing, chances are it probably is. Number seven, be understanding. Whether or not you agree with statements being made, be understanding. Constantly hear your own statements as if you were the one receiving them. Think about how those statements would make you feel instead of being upset the other person may not empathize. And number eight, tell a story. Using specific situations to express your emotions can help others to see things from your point of view. You can paint the picture of how you experience something as a story so that they can put themselves in your shoes. Make sure that you simply provide the story, express your feelings when needed, but certainly do not make accusations. As always, I hope this information was helpful for you. If you are enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review.